Full day pre-K and daycare is providing a big return on investment in Herbal CUSD number nine. We share their story on this episode of the ISA podcast. Welcome to the ISA podcast. My name is Jason Neville and I serve as Director of Communications for IASA. My guest is Brian Dukes, Superintendent of Herbal CUSD number nine. Today, we discuss the benefits of offering full-day pre-K and daycare in a small rural school setting. Brian, why don't you start out by telling me a little bit about yourself and your school district? Yeah, this is uh, actually my first year as the superintendent at Earlville School District. Uh, The previous eight years, uh, I spent at Pontiac 429, uh, which was an awesome experience there in Pontiac, but we decided to move uh, to be closer to family. So we relocated up here and and now I'm the the new superintendent in Earlville. Yeah. So you, yeah, you mentioned you are new to Earlville. What what are some of the things that kind of jumped out to you about this district and community? You know, uh, there's definitely two things. One, the, the community support around our school district is something very, very unique. Um, they really rally behind everything that we're doing here and, and very supportive. Um, you know, we get a lot of volunteers that come in and, and help with, with the day-to-day operation of our school district as well, which, um, you know, nowadays it's, it's, it's becoming harder and harder to, to find people available that are, that are willing to step in and, and give a hand. Um, the second thing is, is having the ability um, to oversee from a daycare all the way through a senior in high school. Um, you know, th- there's definitely a lot of control and things that, that I'm able to do and our school district's able to do um, when you expand basically, you know, an entire childhood uh, of an educational experience. And uh, that, that was something I, I really drew on and, and thought that would be an opportunity for me to, to really have a strong impact uh, for, for our community here and working with our administration and, and staff. Um, it, it was a great opportunity that, that I wanted to take on. Uh, before we get into today's topic, which is about the full day pre-kindergarten and daycare and kind of what that looks like in Earlville, I think we should probably give a little bit more background about where Earlville, Earlville is. What is your uh, school district kind of population demographics? Yeah, so uh, Earlville is located in the Starve Rock region. Uh, so we're, we're not too far from 80 and 39 where, where they where they meet up. Um, we have uh, from K-12, we have about 450 students. Uh, our daycare is about 20 students. Okay, so let's let's kind of get into today's topic. Uh, can you kind of, sh- let's just start kind of broad. If you could share a little bit uh, with me about what kind of the pre-K sort of program and the daycare program looks like in Earlville. Yeah, starting with, uh, with our daycare program, uh, we have a building that's just outside of our, our main campus uh, that houses our daycare. Uh, we, we average roughly, you know, around 18 students to 20, uh, give or take, um, throughout the year. Um, our staff has access to the daycare as well as our community. Um, we recently just passed the resolution for staff to only have to pay half of the daycare cost, which obviously is a, a big deal for our, our younger staff that, that have young children uh, here and uh, provides a more... Uh, feasible approach as far as that goes in, in cost. Um, so, so that program is, is up and running and we look to hopefully expand on that program down the road. Uh, this past summer, we just received the preschool for all grant. Uh, so we've been able to expand our program uh, and include more children in that program. Uh, so we have two full day, full time or full day uh, sections 
so so that allows us to to you know really um, you know add hours each week that that a lot of preschools don't have the opportunity with only having half a day. Uh, now we do have one section that that houses two half day programs as well, uh, but those are for for some of our higher need students. Um, some of the students that maybe not quite ready for a full day just just yet. Uh, so th- there is that option for 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 our parents to uh, to to have. So, um, you know, getting that preschool for all grant for a district like ours, you know, being in a rural setting uh, was a real big deal. And, and we plan to continue to grow that program over the next couple of years and continue to expand that program as our needs continue to increase. Did you have full day preschool before the grant this year? We were able to add an additional teacher uh, with with an additional two assistants uh, with the grant. Okay. Okay. So there was there was sort of a program in place before before you arrived and you kind of sort of expanded it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were able to, to include more students, which the timing w- was perfect because um, you know, last year's three-year-olds that were in our daycare were a large number of the kids out in the daycare, uh, which now are now into our preschool program. So the timing of it really, really worked out for us uh, because we were we were in desperate need to, to add an additional teacher with, with a higher student population coming in this year. Differences between the, the daycare age groups and what, what, what are some of the differences between those two, two programs? Yeah, so in our daycare, uh, we have one section which would be zero to one, uh, and then the other section is uh, two three. Um, obviously, we, we get some of our four year olds that do half day uh, pre K, so so they either start the day in the daycare or they start the day pre K, or and then they switch uh, halfway through the day. Um, so that, again, that that makes it a little bit easier for for parents as well that um, they're not having to worry about you know getting their child from pre K uh, off to a daycare somewhere off campus. Uh, we're able to to move the students about, you know, just here with, with our own staff to to kind of take off that burden from from our parents. How many students uh, are enrolled in the pre-K program, and do you guys have like a wait list or anything? Yeah, so we're roughly around uh, probably sixty-five students right now. Um, so we do have some room for growth uh, if we get students that move in throughout the year. Um, our cap is about 80 students total. So the, there is some wiggle room for us throughout the year, which is nice as, as families move into our community and they need access to our pre-K program. We actually have some availability still for those for those families. I want to talk a little bit about uh, funding for you mentioned, you know, you guys, you guys have the uh, state uh, preschool for all grant. Did your district use any federal ESSER dollars? on expanding uh, preschool? And if so, will you be able to uh, supplement that locally once those dollars run out? You know, the, the uh, we purposely had a, a one-time cost of, uh, of a new playground for our early, our early learners. Um, we didn't have, um, you know, anything that really fed that, you know, met their needs. Um, so we actually are in the process uh, today of building a new, a new playground um, that's closer to the building that's more age appropriate for zero to, to, to five. Um, so that, that kind of helped us with, with some cost control. Um, you know, most of our PFA money is built for, for those salaries for, for both teachers as well as assistants um, with some one-time costs. Um, so looking long-term, we've kind of built our system up where, um, you know, when, when things like ESSER roll off, uh, we're going to be in a good position to be able to maintain and continue to even grow uh, as we move forward, 
Now for, for our daycare, uh, that has always been funded locally. Uh, you know, we don't make money off of that program, uh, but with the needs of our community, you know, we, we just feel as a school district and our, our school board feels that, um, you know, th- that's local money that needs to be spent to, to really help our community out. Uh, how much of a sort of a return on investment do you feel like your district has by being able to offer uh, these two programs? And I, you know, th- that's a great question. I think that's, you know, where we're going to look at the data year after year of, of what we're seeing, um, whether it's academically or, or social emotionally, you know, having those kids, you know, at the age of, of preschool um, here for a full day and starting to get them used to, um, you know, how, how school operates, how it works, um, and, you know, on an average day. Um, we really feel like we, we can provide intervention at, at an earlier age in, in which we should see, you know, that that return as the kids get older into junior high and high school. Um, and, I, and I think we've already got a, a great starting point here um, with, with, you know, looking at our scores and our test scores, not only from the past, but moving forward of, of really seeing that return um, for, for our kiddos. We, we definitely, you know, don't see a lot of the behavioral issues that, that I've experienced in other districts. And I think a lot has to do with, you know, getting the kids in the school system at a very, very young age um, and then keeping them here. And that's something that we continue to, to work on. Curriculum, academics. I know uh, when you were during your time at Pontiac, you guys placed a large emphasis on STEAM activities. Can, can, can you talk a little bit more about kind of what happens during preschool? Is there a lot of play-based uh, activities that are occurring? Yeah, you know, um, we, you know, like a typical district, you know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, play-based learning, you know, with stations. Um, you, you know, we try to get as much, as many adults in that classroom as possible to, you know, just more hands on deck. Um, so we really gauge a lot of our, our, or push a lot of our volunteers into the pre-K kindergarten world um, just to really try to, to, to tackle the needs of those students at a very young age. Um, and again, that's something that's special about Earlville, that we, we have a lot of people that want to come in and volunteer, uh, whether they're you know, a retired teacher or just somebody in the community who had kids that, that went through our school system that just wants to give back. So you know, we purposely you know, put the volunteers when we have them uh, in that three to three to five age range um, to, to, again, just to try to get ahead of, of, of the curve. Um, as far as, you know, steam and, and makerspace, we're actually in the process of building a makerspace and a new addition that we built with ESSER funds over the past summer. So that's kind of been a, a growing project that we're hopefully actually going to be rolling out for, for all of our kids, not just our youngest kids, but all of our kids uh, after winter break. So that's something, uh, you know, I'm really excited for, I've, you know, I'm a very passionate person when it comes to um, steam, as you know, you know, with my time in Pontiac and now we're just bringing a lot of those same ideas um, here, but, you know, we're really looking at even a younger age uh, here in, uh, in Earlville. Advice for uh, superintendents uh, who might be in smaller uh, communities like yours, who kind of struggling with trying to maybe get a pre-K program off the ground, daycare program, any advice uh, that you can offer to your peers uh, about why it's important to do this? You know, um, I think for one, um, you know, staff retention, um, as our staff is younger, um, you know, this is a, a great, great way to, to retain staff um, because they have access to a daycare in, in a full day pre-K. So, you know, they're not having to worry about it. Um, you know, from a community standpoint, like a lot of rural districts, you know, daycare is, is becoming harder and harder to find. 
Um, so I, I, I would encourage, you know, other school districts to, to come and check us out or check other districts out that have a daycare, but, you know, just start small. Um, you know, if you're able to, to start at a very small level with, with a handful of kids at, at the daycare level, um, I think you can begin to build up those numbers as the need in your community grows, which then in turn um, will begin to grow your pre-K program. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Um, as I mentioned before, our, our four-year-old section um, is a bigger section and most of those kids spent their time in the daycare the previous three years. So I, I think if you small, you know, you start small to the daycare, um, eventually you're going to see that growth and you're going to see um, people stay in your community because of the you know opportunities that a lot of districts don't offer, uh, which makes us very, very unique and, and very special. Anything I didn't ask you about this program uh, or efforts around early childhood, final thoughts uh, that you have? You know, um, we had Dr. Sanders actually come visit us a couple of weeks ago, and this was something that we really highlighted with him of, of showing the, the state that, you know, the money that's being allocated for, you know, our early learners um, and how it's impacting a small rural district like ours. And that's why it's extremely important to, to continue to, to push money in that direction, uh, because I think the long term return that a school district's going to see um, is something really special. So. Uh, you know, continue to, to put the money where, where it's needed. Uh, and I think a lot of other communities, you know, especially rural districts, uh, could really use the, those types of funds like, like we have. And, and we look forward to seeing the benefits down the road. Brian, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me.